This is Space Intruder Detector. Pass your message. Oh, hi, Sid. It's Chris. Uh, listen, just wondering if you'd be free to make the selection on the randomizer today. I think we should be able to connect your scanners directly into its memory banks, but, you know, only if you're not too busy or anything. Please pass your code so that your instructions can be complied with. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, code, yes. Um, probably got that somewhere. Um, stand by for a second or two, would you? Standing by. Marina, have you seen that piece of paper anywhere? Oh, no, no, not that, not that one. The one with all the, the vitally important codes on, you know. Oh, give me a home. Hurry up, Marina. He's getting bored. Where the buffalo roam. Oh, I'll give you a buffalo if you keep this up. Where the deer and the antelope play. Well, yes, it might be worth checking the recycling. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word. Oh, anything to get him to shut up. And the skies are not cloudy all what? day. You mean I'm sitting on it? Home, home on the range. Oh, oh, good eyes, Marina. Where the deer and the antelope play. Oh, sit, sit, it's, it's all right. We found the code, so you can give the, the deer and the antelope a rest. Uh, just put that in, actually. It's coming through now. Thank you. Your code is correct. Fantastic, and we've got a printout here, so I can see you've made your selection already. It is on course. Well, let's see. Yes, I think we can say you've made a good choice today, if a rather interesting one. We're heading back over to Captain Scarlet to meet a completely different Sid in Lunaville 7. So I'm guessing you two know each other then? Confirmed. I thought it was the other 70s computer who said that. This is Lunar Controller. Since man's first successful landing on the moon back in the 1970s. Oh, so close. But then they, uh... They couldn't have known how, how much closer they were in the uh, the real world that this was produced in. Hello, welcome back to Captain Scarlet on the randomizer. It feels like it's been a while since uh, Captain Scarlet last put in an appearance. Uh, Engage in a savage war of nerves with the Mysteron. This is also the beginning of what's um, come to be known as the Lunaville Trilogy. I wish to announce that I have been able to contact the Mysteron. A very interesting setup for this. And come to a peaceful settlement. This is not our fight. The moon does not take sides, but we will not support the Earth against the Mysteron. And I would love to know the thinking, the thought process that brought this episode up, because it's, it almost feels like the original series thought doing any more stories set on Mars were kind of off-limits uh, after the first episode. So they kind of thought, well, what else can we do? Oh, let's do some stories on the moon. And I love that this first scene Exceptional. creates creates an entire believable world for, for life on, on lunar colonies in 2068. You have all heard or read last night's transmission by the Lunar Controller. Especially the idea that um, people living on the moon might consider themselves separate from, you know, essentially Earthmen. The reality of the situation, Captain. Spectrum would be very interested to come to terms with the Mistrons. If the Lunar Controller has succeeded, we want to know how. If he hasn't, we want to know the reason for his deception. Could he be a Mysteron agent, sir? This cannot be ruled out, Captain. But there is only one place we will find the answer. In Lunaville 7. Where's that? On the moon. Ah, I love that little you know, clarification, just in case you, you thought it was Lunaville 7 in Portsmouth. And uh, I have actually pretty much only just finished a rewatch of Captain Scarlet, my, uh, I don't know, one million and tenth rewatch. So I've not long seen this episode but nevertheless I'm I'm quite pleased to see this come up again of course it's the uh, 
you know, the perils of the randomizer, I could watch an episode and then next week it comes up on here. Who knows? Anyway, I've waffled over the Mistrons accepting the Lunar Controller's um, offer of peace. And another little rocket launch here to start things off. Scarlet, Blue and Green are off to Lunaville 7. XK5. On the moon. Internal countdown complete. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Stand by for liftoff. I like that. Uh, well, firstly, I like that this rocket launch. They're all they're all seated upright. But um, I also like that the the rocket pilot has got a little hat on him saying SP, which I presume might mean space patrol, as in World Space Patrol, possibly. Or it could stand for something else, you know. Silly pig or something. Thousand feet. He doesn't look like a silly pig. He's got a very, very sensible white turtleneck jumper thingy on. Escape velocity. Well, we're on our way. SIG, Captain Scarlet. We are leaving the Earth's atmosphere. Accelerate to 100,000 MPH. Yeah, again, that's probably not something you want to be sitting upright for. Anyway, it's off to the moon for our brave heroes. And with Lieutenant Green away from Cloud Base, who do we give control of his console to? XK-3 is in orbit around the moon. There's Captain Magenta, of course. In four minutes. Right. But who, um, yeah, when the rocket launched, it was XK-5, and Magenta just said it was XK-3. I don't know if that if that's a scripting error or just, you know, Magenta being Magenta. I'll give you your final instructions now. We have reports that a new unauthorized complex is being constructed in the Humboldt Sea on the far side of the moon. This must be investigated. I have the map. And again, that, that line is going to set up the rest of this you know, so-called trilogy. I never quite understood where that information came from. The future of the world may well be... And I don't think we're ever told. Do you all understand? It's like, in the episode, it's meant to be a big reveal when they, they see the complex, and yet, oh, we already know about it quite early on in the episode. But, um... Anyway, here's a nice character. And I do think of him as a character. He's quite sweet. Thank you, Sid. Sid. An early Sid for the Jerry Anderson universe. And their love. Of course, the Lunar Controller is played by Sam Louver, and uh, his assistant Orson is played by Alan Titchmarsh. Oh, the, the rocket says XK3 on the side, so Magenta actually got it right. Magenta did something right. Mark that on your calendars. We probably won't see that again in this series. And it's a very stubby little rocket as well to get all the way, presumably, from Earth orbit to the moon. I'm not entirely sure what happened to the pilot or the, you know, the rest of the rocket. Presumably jettisoned along the way, but, uh, I don't know, a tiny little capsule like this the walkway is in position open the outer door would seem to need a bit more a bit more room and a bit more fuel than it's probably got anyway my name's Orson I'm the lunar controller's PA we would like want to, to go on the Podstron Facebook page and rave about me for several hours at a time I completely understand oh recognition discs all got to wear them Orson has got very filthy fingernails what's he been doing you to Lunarville 7 say hello Sid Good day, Captain Scarlet. Good day, Captain Blue. Good day, Lieutenant Green. Oh, he's so polite. He recognizes you by the badges you're wearing. Sid controls everything in Lunaville. 
The air conditioning, airlocks, power supplies, even the rockets and moon mobiles. A very important piece of equipment. Assembled entirely on the moon by our own technicians. But designed and developed on Earth. The Earth may have helped us, but now we are self-reliant, democratic and free. Understand? I like that moment, because I like the, um... Yeah, it's not... I don't think it's giving away too much to say that uh, the Lunar Controller and uh, and Orson here are are the baddies of the episode. Letter personally. Oh, right, yeah. Scarlet just handed the Lunar Controller a, a letter. And it's got... It's, it's a letter from the world president, but it's got an address written on it. And in HD, you can see that the address is just squiggles, but I want to know what the full address certainly was supposed to be because there's like five lines there. It, it can only be like, you know, Lunar Controller, Lunaville 7, the moon in the sky. If you will follow me, gentlemen. Somewhere. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, I, I like the... um. The, the, you know, obviously the Lunar Controller and Orson are villains, but it's there is nothing in this episode to, to 100% confirm. The unusual motion can be disturbing until you begin. The, 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 the idea that they're Mysterons. The Lunar Controller could easily be, you know, an ordinary human being who's gone a bit power mad, and Orson could easily be his sort of, you know, um, Smithers-esque sidekick who's, who's going along with things for the sake of it. Um, I, I rather like the thought that... You know, the Mistrons could just be taking advantage of uh, this slightly slightly power-mad guy and his fawning assistant. But uh, I, I, I suppose the implication was that they are Mistrons. It's also, um, it also helps that we can't clarify that, because um, I think Scarlet says later on they're not allowed to bring a Mistron detector along. Anyway, as you can probably hear in the background... It's certainly a novel method of transportation and surprisingly smooth. Yes. The Earth's gravity is six times stronger than the Moon's. A machine like this would be useless on Earth. The force of impact on landing would be too great. The Moonmobile. Another lunar station. Lunarville 4. Most of our food is grown there. And we're now on the Moonmobile, which is a sort of grasshopper-inspired hopping thing. Earth. But the component elements... Which is just... Um, ...present on the Moon. One of the slowest most awkward, most cumbersome vehicles ever to appear in the Jerry Anderson universe. Directly. Our present course would take us to the Humboldt Sea. What is your interest in that area? And yet nobody in the story seems to realise just how how awful a method of transportation it is. Everyone sort of goes, ah, oh, this is wonderful, you know, amazing. Plenty of time. I'm afraid not. We would appreciate... No. I, I'm sorry. Maybe another time. It's late. We should return to Lunaville 7. There you go, that was your actual If you guys don't behave in the back there I am going to turn this moonmobile right round And take you all straight home Hmm, that was their uh, That wasn't even five minutes Of a, a trip out on the lunar surface Anyway It'll probably take the lunar um, Module, mobile, whatever Half an hour or so to get back It's only travelled about three feet This will be your suite for the duration of your stay Another very, uh, very interesting room design. I do love the room designs in, starting from Captain Scarlet onwards. There's some real interesting, sure real interesting choices being made. If the Earth light is too bright, the control for the polarity window is near the door. And it may just be a side effect of, of having seen the show too many, too many times. But it's always, it always seems like a novelty. The idea of the original series Scarlet going into space. 
Because he only did it in this and, and Crater 101, didn't he? Most interesting. I never realised how complex the installations on the moon were. Anyway, we're now hunting for a hidden microphone. Yes. Lieutenant Green is water from its component elements. Must he's reading a book with it. Oh, it's 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 got the word diary on it. The moon is capable of supporting. <laughs> well, all the elements vital. Orson is listening in. On or near the lunar surface. But Scarlet's found his hidden microphone. It's very high. I think I found it. Keep quiet. Good night, Orson. Ah! Yep, podstrons and hamsters everywhere rejoice. There's that line that everybody loves. Overheard. And it's a rare also moment of. Um, I've discovered the microphone. He ripped it out. Of comedy in this series. And very often the comedy in this series didn't work because it was like, you know, Colonel White would sentence someone to death for a just just for just for a, a jolly laugh. But here it, it actually works quite well. They're trapped on Lunaville 7. We will deal with them at our leisure. After the advert break. Oh there it is now. I also like that we come back from the advert break, pointing at a rock, um, then we pan over to Lunaville 7, but we can just see a little bit of Lunaville 7 in the frame, so it's it's almost like the cameraman didn't know where he was supposed to be looking. Ah, oh, so everyone's in bed now. Well, Blue's in bed, Green's in bed, and there's a bed over in the corner that's a bit empty. Because Scarlet has gone to see Sid. Identify yourself, or I must sound the alarm. And over the years, it's been a, a sort of source of um, confusion and even contention among fans as to who exactly voiced Sid. And for a long time, it was credited to Jerry Anderson. And I, I don't think it is. Um, In the present emergency, because I, for you know, first and foremost, I don't think he would have had enough free time around this point to be has been evacuated. to chip in and, and do a guest voice. I know he did Robert back in the day, but you know, his workload on Fireball was, you know, probably somewhat reduced compared to what it would have been around this time. Um, recent publications have suggested it's Martin King who also provides the voice of Orson in, in this episode. I believe, and I've always heard it as this, I believe it's Jeremy Wilkin. What, what is it? The lunar because otherwise Jeremy has one line as the um, rocket base radio thing uh, and Martin King would have two major roles in Sid and Orson so I, I've, I've always heard it as Jeremy I can hear Jeremy's inflections and tones in Sid's voice but um, I could be wrong um, but you know there we go there's no harm in in trying to make a guess based on, you know, experience of watching these shows. How did you get Sid to let us out? I'll explain later. Ah. You think you can handle the controls? It'd be an 80s Doctor Who with an explanation like that. Green, have you got that map reference? Yes, Captain Scarlet. Right. You will act as navigator. SIG. Let's go. We're off to investigate the reports of a complex being constructed in the old Moonmobile. Scarlet's letting everyone else do the work. Green is map breeding, Blue is driving, and um, Scarlet doesn't have to do anything because he got them the Moonmobile in the first place. Got Sid to uh, to let them out. Oh my goodness, this thing is so slow. And I think later on they make a, an estimation of its speed. ETA at the Humboldt Sea. Oh, 400 hours. Two hours. 
We might just have time to get back before the Lunar Controller discovers we're gone. So they're planning to make a four-hour trip in this thing. Um, that's going to get them all of, like, maybe a quarter of a mile the way this thing moves. But I think there's there's a line or something that says that it's, like, 200 miles away. So, yeah, between us seeing it slowly galumping its way across the surface, um, it must suddenly speed up in between scenes. And this is also, um, this basic design also returned in UFO for the uh, Shadow Moonmobiles, except very wisely they they got rid of the um, the very slow jumping uh, movement and just used it, just had it hover across the surface, which works much better. Well, we've covered the whole area and found absolutely nothing. Another ten minutes, then we'll start back. I thought I saw a light. Where? About two miles ahead. Fifteen degrees to port. And there's the safety harness on Green's chair has changed colour. It was red when they set off, and now it's white. Oh, now it's red again. Look. There it is again. Oh. Yes. It's coming from a small crater. Must be here. It's marked, but unnamed, Crater 101. Let's In the Gobi Delta. I don't know how accurate that would be to um, actual lunar geography. I would presume... Not very, but... From the amount of dust, there's a lot of activity down there. And green straps have changed colour again. Anyway, we're now on the edge of Crater 101. What can we see down there? Oh, no, my mistake. Sorry, we, we landed near, and now we've got to do another hop over. Just a bit closer. Mobile. See, oh, recognize those shapes and colors. Those vehicles there moving in such strange patterns. You're the electronics expert, Lieutenant. What do you think? <laughs> they must be unmanned. We're, we're seeing some uh, alien vehicles for the first time. Lieutenant, we're going to ask you, we're going to expect you to be an expert on what they're doing. Task. They seem to be building something. I also don't understand how, what exactly. There's, there's this shot of. Of the complex from above. Exactly as the film from the MEV on Mars showed it. Oh, reference to the first episode, very nice. This shot of um, above the complex, scarlet and blue and, and green looking down. Government report this to Cloudbase. This shot. What are they actually looking through? There's a sort of ring of earth around, almost like they're looking through a hole. And yet we see that, you know, the crater doesn't have a hole on the surface. Gone? They can't have gone. I assure you, sir. When? How? I don't know. I went into their room. I'm the not interested in details. But you just asked me when and how. They must be found. You ordered the evacuation of Lunaville 7, sir. Everyone's left. Again, there's still no indication that um, that Orson and the Lunar Controller are, aren't human, and I, I find that potentially more interesting than just, oh, here's another pair of Mysterons. Bring them here at once. Yes, sir. What they have seen must never... The fact that Orson is still calling him sir. Yeah. There's no need, Lunar Controller. On the assumption that his first note would be rejected and subject to our investigation, the world president authorized me to place you under close arrest Ooh. and escort you back to Earth. Arrest me? You are fools, Earthmen. See, he calls them Earthmen there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a Mr. On because he does live on the moon. Come to take over the moon, and then... I, 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 I don't know, I just find the idea of humans in league with the Mr. Ons far more interesting than just another 
bog-standard pair of Mr. Oms. Alive. Any of you. But unfortunately, the show doesn't really specify that... Immediate launch. They're... at once for the Earth. Don't. They're anything either way, although later on in, in Crater 101, Luna, uh, Linda Nolan says that they're Mr. Oms, but she wasn't there. She didn't know. This is the Lunar Controller. Seal all exits. Come on. Sit. I am giving you an order. Oh, here we go. Awesome fight scene. Seize them. And that was it. I command you. Seal all exits. It's no good, Lunar Controller. Sid cannot identify you. I changed recognition discs with you last night. Oh, sneaky Scarlet snuck in while Controller was sleeping. And that's not easy to say. I'm sorry, your recognition disc cannot authorize that. Obey! Obey! Seal all exits! And I also like this scene where the Lunar Controller is slowly going, slowly just losing his temper with Sid to the extent that he actually ready for launch. pulls a gun on him. It's your last chance, Sid! Which again doesn't seem like the sort of... I am sorry. It seems too crazy for a Mistron to do something like this, but there we go. Bang. Oh. Um. Poor old Sid. And I love that his last words are this. I am sorry. Me. I am sorry. Me. Me. Oh, and also that there's just explosions and debris flying towards the controller. And the next time you see that long shot, he's the controller is just gone. He's presumably being oh, thrown to the floor. And there we go. Because Sid controls everything. Everything now has to explode because Sid has exploded. Take off! Computer logic in the world of Jerry Anderson. Well, gentlemen, Lunaville 7 is totally destroyed. You've stuffed up yet again. How the Lunar Controller and his personal aide were taken over by the Mistron. We don't know that they were. Perished in the hollow. Which is more interesting. Captain Scarlet, Captain Blue, Lieutenant Green. I have here a note from the World President. The World President's sending a lot of notes today. Quote, I have read your report. Please convey my thanks to Captain Scarlet and the other members of Spectrum. I know there are only two other members of Spectrum involved with this assignment, but I don't value their contributions enough to mention them by name. to them. Unquote. Well, we have won the round, but not the fight. This will continue until the Mysterons decide to end the War of Nerves against the Earth. So it's a very n odd note to end the episode on. We've discovered there's a Mistron complex on the moon, and we will, yeah, we'll sort it out someday, but we're not going to do it right now. And there's nothing really, aside from that comment of, you know, this will continue, it doesn't really feel like a to-be-continued type moment. And, um, yeah, there's... I, I, I do find this, this you know, so-called Lunaville trilogy has two... First, the first two episodes are pretty good, and then it all falls apart with the dangerous rendezvous, which we've already covered. But it is very strange to end on that sort of, well, there are restaurants, we'll, we'll sort that out later, probably. Anyway, as an episode in its own right, Lunaville 7 is, uh, is another really good one. I, I find most episodes of Captain Scarlet pretty good, but uh, in particular, just the idea of getting them into space and, um, and seeing a Mistron complex again. It all, you know, it, it feels at times like this that the show wanted to be a bit more, you know, epic and and, and serialized even than perhaps the uh, the sort of random order broadcasting schedules of the of the period might have allowed for. But um, yes, yeah, very uh, some very nice atmospheric scenes on the moon. Of course, Sid is a lovely creation, and uh, 
you know, perhaps the greatest contribution to uh, Podstrons Everywhere is um, Mr. Orson. Good night, Orson! There we go. 